Hey guys, today we're gonna talk about something you don't like. <laughs> we're gonna be talking about being the minister. It's Pastor Michael Todd's message, and to be honest, between him and Stephen Furtick, you guys are gonna hear a lot of regurgitation <laughs> because I'm really inspired by the way that God uses them to talk about things that people necessarily don't really like to talk about or is uncomfortable to talk about but they hand it to you real hot ready on the plate and you got no choice but to take it down so that's what we're going to be talking about today i've had this on my heart for a while just because like we all think that we're not capable of being that great person who has a conversation with someone that may or may not change their mind about you know who god is to them but it's already inside us. So I think it's really important for us to realize that and start putting it to work. So I'm going to ask questions as usual. If you do happen to have a pen and paper on you, make sure to take that out so that we can, I guess, kind of have this feel like a conversation. I want to make sure that when you guys listen to this stuff, it's really getting instilled in you and not just you listening it just to listen to it, um, but for you to really get something out of it. I'm sorry if it's a little windy. I'm outside. <laughs> All right, so the first question is, what is one good thing that's happened to you this week? For me, I got a job, which is really exciting. I start training on Monday, I believe. No, the 20th. The 20th is not Monday. Seven days from now. <laughs> um, and I'm really excited to do that because, honestly, being able to bring some money into this household and save some money for college tuition and all that. It just, thank God. <laughs> um, another thing, my school gave me $600 this morning. I'm so happy. I was able to pay back my mom, pay off my credit card and my phone bill. And after all that and the tithing, I have no money left, <laughs> which is okay because I've got my job. I just needed to get that stuff out of the way, and God provided, so that's good. Um, the next question is, who was somebody that you spoke to that made you feel good? Maybe someone that spoke to you, but you didn't respond to. Because honestly, sometimes it just takes like a movie or a TV show or something that somebody says that I really relate to, and I'm just like, that made me feel so much better. Yes, I am that type of person to watch movies and TV shows and just... Yeah, that quote that quote matches me a lot. I think I'm gonna live by that now. <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't live by quotes, but they're really, really handy, and I really love them. They're inspiring. And so, the last question on this. Nope, I lied. Not the last question. <laughs> the next question on this list is: Who is your favorite minister, and why? So the reason that I ask this is because. Everyone seems to think of the minister as, like, the pastor, but they're really two completely different things. And so the pastor, according to Michael Todd, is a person who God has presented in order to fuel the people that they're teaching to be ministers. And this was found in Ephesians. And Pastor Todd said something about how the pastor's job is to equip the ministers. And now Jesus says, go go out and 
and teach people so that they may speak into the lives of everyone else. Go around to nations and speak to everybody about the good news. And I think that's really amazing is that people in the body of Christ, they don't just have to be silent because that's not what God has like called us to do. Like Our job is to stand up and and be that person to minister into somebody's life and make their lives better and and full of love and happiness and it's not going to be easy for them like nobody ever said being christian was going to be easy but knowing that you are able to help someone in their journey and their life and and find the right path and really show them who god is to you and how god could be to them who god is trying to show himself to be to them that's just incredible and that's our our job to be ministers it's not just about the pastors who are on tv and you know like stephen furtick michael todd joyce myers um pastor madu or anyone at vu church or pastor charles it just it's not just about the people who stand up in front of the stage the body of christ is made up of a ton of people millions and millions and billions of people and it would just be such a shame to know that what God has instilled in us we haven't been able to use yet because we're so scared about the fact that we aren't the pastors who can speak up to a million people in church and so the next thing that I really want to ask is how do you respond when somebody asks you to help them in their journey with God and by that I mean how do you respond when somebody comes up to you and is like I mean I don't really believe in God but I'm really going through something and I think that God may be able to help or I'm having a really hard time right now believing that God even exists because I'm going through this that and the other or if somebody just comes up to you and says I need you to help me pray Like, how do you respond when somebody asks you about your journey with God and and what that means for their journey with God? And a lot of the responses I got at the Bible study were that it's just about relationship. It's just about you getting to know Him and, you know, the trying and the showing that it doesn't just end. And I think that's something really beautiful. So I kind of have a riddle of what's next. After you guys write down how you would respond to someone asking about God. Um, and this riddle is, what is the difference between a house of cards and a house made of wood and concrete? And my sister got this in about three seconds. <laughs> and it was basically just that a house of cards, it can be blown away with one very devastating gust of wind (laughs) after you've been working on it for hours and hours and hours but the difference really is the foundation and the fact that the house is filled with concrete and wood and those are things that are really strong and in the place like if you think about it the story of the three little pigs one made it out of like what mud the other out of straw and the last one out of bricks nobody could blow the one with bricks down because the one with bricks had density it was filled with something straw is hollow it just it doesn't really have anything in it it's really light 
mud is about halfway there but there's no such thing as being lukewarm in anything so if you're gonna go you gotta go all the way and that is why it is important for us to really try and stop building a house out of cards and look up for a second for God to show us that he is trying to build you a house and all he needs is you're okay all he needs is for you to look up and say yeah I will I'll do what you need me to do. And he's like, all right, let's start with the foundation. You entered here and you gave your life to me. You said you would do what you needed to do. Whatever I asked you to do, you would do it because this is what you wanted. This is your foundation. Your foundation is me. My principles, things that I have instilled in you. And then when you start building up the walls, it's like, a wall of love, a wall of hope, a, lo- a wall of strength. And one of those walls is the wall of ministry and the wall of being able to really go out there and talk about who God is and show people, not just not just talk about God, because the difference between religion and God is that God wants a relationship and religion just wants to talk about God without God actually being in the center of it all. And that's something really powerful because when God is trying to build our house with his words written all up in the walls, he's saying, I'm in the center of this. I'm your foundation, my principles. I am the walls. I am sweating and bleeding and and crying tears of joy trying to build this for you. But I need you to stop focusing on what you don't like and having everything you do like be blown away and I want you to realize what you love and to do what is uncomfortable and what may take a lot longer but it's going to be so much worth it and so God wants to call you and to speak into people's lives but are you being willing to be his minister to that person i mean if you go into a grocery store and and god tells you go talk to that person that is behind the register and you're like god if i go behind that register and i talk to that person they're gonna think i'm crazy and they're gonna come up to me and they're gonna be like "Uh uh-uh she needs to be escorted out and we give them all this hard time and like at some point you're like looking over at them and they catch you looking at them you make eye contact and you like pull away really really quick and they're just staring at you like um can i help you and you're not sure if you should go up there and talk to them or not and then you just decide and you're like nah i'm not gonna do it because the culture of the world says going up and talking to someone for no reason or for what seemed like no reason at the beginning is stranger danger right and so you walk away and then the next time you see that person they're really not great and you can tell or something's happened to them and they're in the obituary in the newspaper or whatever the case may be. Maybe they were dealing with something really financially hard, like hard and ended up going to jail because they robbed someone to try and get the money. And these are some really, really extreme examples. But this is why God tells us to go and minister to people, because we never know what God has instilled in our voices in order to speak out into that person's life and save them from whatever it was that they were going to do in the first place. And so when God calls you to be the minister, it's not just for him to be like, 
go practice. It's him being like, I'm trying to use you to get to this person to save their lives. And that's exactly what Jesus does. He saves lives. And when we accept him into our heart, we are saving lives. So how the heck are we ever supposed to go out there and save lives if we're not even willing to pick up the baton and say, all right, let's go. No nurse ever wakes up and just straight out goes into helping people and becomes a vigilante. I mean, even vigilantes get like arrested by the cops because they aren't abiding by the rules. And they save people, but not in the way that God gets to be glorified in the middle. And I know it sounds like this big thing like why does god have to be glorified for everything and in in reality it's because he made everything (laughs) and nobody seems to want to give credit to the artists that made the paintings i mean if mona lisa were to just go up and everyone would have been like oh yeah you know the painting's great it costs millions and millions of dollars but the person who made it never ever got acknowledged i mean i'd be pissed if i was that person like i created you I inspired you to make art the way that I make art. And all of a sudden, I'm just out of the picture. No. That just doesn't happen. And God's like, I want to speak through you so people realize where their hope comes from. Because when your hope comes from people, that shifts all the time. But God never changes. He's never going to go against what he's already said. And God doesn't call the qualify. He qualifies the cult. So even when you think that you don't have it, Moses didn't have it. He had a stutter. He killed somebody. And God was like, it's okay. I can still, I can, I can use that. It's fine. Adulterers, murderers, liars, cheaters. God has used them all. It does not matter what you've done or where you come from. You're his kid. You are his kid. And he has given you a powerful voice to go out there and share his message. But the thing is that we get so wrapped up in in the comfortability of being where we are that we don't want to go out and do something even more. Like, we don't want to become more committed than we already are because we're already pushing the bounds, right? Like, I have my dad. My dad has this friend. um, And at the time, he was marrying my mom. At the time, he was marrying my mom. And um, his friend that he'd been friends with for, like, a decade or something maybe even more, had this girlfriend that he'd been dating for 13 years. 13 years of dating. This man did not want to commit to this woman. And the girl looks at him and she goes, so your friends have been dating for two years and are getting married. We've been dating for 13 years and you won't even put a ring on it. And and for so long... She's just been okay with that. But now she sees that there's another way. She sees that if she really is is the the woman for this person, that 
he's going to go out and he's going to want that level of commitment. He's going to want to be there with her, but he's just sitting there. He's like, no, I like where things are. I like, I like when we can break up whenever I want to. I like when we can just go over here and go over there and we don't have to be completely dedicated to each other. I like not having to be tied down. Having the option to leave whenever I want to. And that's exactly how we treat God. I like where I am right now. I like the blessings. I'll pray. I'll do whatever you want me to except for that. Except for get out of my comfort zone. Except for going to talk to that person. I want the commitment, but I don't want all of it. And let me tell you, that man ended up marrying that woman. Because she put her foot down and she told him exactly what she wanted. And God is putting his foot down. He's like, I don't want a lukewarm Christian. I don't want what you want. I want you to want what I want. Because what I want for you is way, way bigger than anything that you could have imagined. This level of commitment that you're giving me is nothing compared to everything that you are going to be able to accomplish once you do. Because covenant is so strong. And I know that sometimes we feel like we aren't worth it. And I know that sometimes we don't think that we have what it takes. But God has already put it in us. And it is in our chemical makeup. He will leave the 99 to find the one. Because he knows that the 99 has got each other. And they're found. But the one is on its own and lost. And and. We're supposed to be going out and finding the one. Finding the lost and just being like, hey, I got you. You don't have to be alone anymore. God has you. It's something that Michael Todd said that I think is beautiful is that his people are his love. But the lost are his passion. So my question is for you, do you want to be his love or do you want to be his passion? Because people's passions change. People's loves never do. And God's passion is people's, are, are the lost. And the lost can become the loved. And yes, you are loved. Whether or not you are God's, like, in, whether or not you have accepted God. But right now you are his passion. And for those of you who have already accepted God, your job is to turn his passion into his love. There's a thing in Ephesians 4, chapter chapter 4, verses 11 through 12. And it's God talking about going out and and telling all the nations and all the people and all the creation about him. And if that's in the Bible, I mean, shouldn't we be able to do it? And if God's given us the strength and if God's given us the key, then why haven't we been able to go out and do what he's asked us to do? I mean, our job is to make disciples. In Matthew 28, 18 to 11, or 11 to 18, sorry. It literally says, go out and make disciples of all the nations. And if Jesus made disciples, 
and we're supposed to be like Jesus because Christian means Christ-like, then doesn't that mean that we're supposed to be making disciples too? And I know that sounds really daunting. Like, oh my gosh, I have to go out and I have to share the good news about people. And shouldn't we be excited about sharing the good news about God and about Jesus? Like, I used to work at this job um, for Heifer International. And I used to raise money for them through direct marketing. And I was just, I was there. And I was like, hey, how are you? What's up? Like, I was a really friendly person. But... I kept having to tell myself, okay, I am literally only going to see these people once. And they have a chance to save lives of anybody. Of literally anybody. Ranging from the United States to India to to Brazil and, and Puerto Rico and anything else. They have the lives of saving a person in any country that we are in. Of course they're going to want to do it. And if I only have to see this person once, then what? what's the point? Like, I, I can make a fool of myself. I don't care. I'm doing something that I love. And that's the same attitude that we have to think about God's people. Even if I only see this person once, but I share the good news, I will have either saved them and have them save other people's lives, or at least I gave them a bit of information that could help them. And whatever it is that they're dealing with right now. And I love what I do. So who cares if I make a fool out of myself? I share the good news of God. And we should be more excited about that. We get excited about sales and and seeing Beyonce walk on stage. And she's just a person who made something out of herself. Who didn't listen to anybody else, but did what she needed to do to get to the top. And we need to have the same mentality. I'm just a person, but I'm going to do whatever I need to do for God to get to the top. We get so excited about just puppies and, and everything else, but we can't get as excited about the word of God. And sometimes we get scared, and that's okay. I know I get scared a lot because I'm so young and my experiences are so limited, but I just, I gotta think to myself, just because my experience is limited does not mean that they aren't valuable. And we each have something to share that's worth it. And we hold it back because we don't think that it's our place, but that's exactly what he's called us to do. And no matter what season you're in, God is with you. No matter how daunting it is, you got to know that you're doing it because he's doing it through you. So it's not just you. And and I know that sometimes we get tongue-tied because we're like, I don't know exactly what it is that I'm supposed to say. And it's, it's not you saying it. It's him. And it doesn't matter if you, at the moment, curse. If that's something that you think stifles you in really giving the word of God, pray to God to allow him to take that out of you and and make a conscious effort to stop. And if you think that I talk too ghetto so people aren't going to want to listen to me or I talk like a white girl on crack that has a really high-pitched voice and I'm so sorry if I'm offending anybody, but 
you think that that's the thing that's gonna stifle you it does not matter what you sound like it does not matter about anything that you think may impair you because God has already chosen you and he's gonna use whatever thing you think isn't good enough and make it good enough like my uncle was talking about how he doesn't think that people are gonna listen to him because he has all these tattoos and and he doesn't talk proper and he curses and we're like well that's just what makes people think that you're real the fact that you've gone through stuff the fact that you believed in god stopped and then went back to him as a testimony for anybody who's ever gone through that and you're going to be able to speak things into people that other people who have been in church for 20 years will never be able to get through to that person because to that person you were real and you've had experiences and you've gone through what they're going through and you can relate and so today God wants to tell you it does not matter what your voice sounds like what peach impediment, speech impediment that you have whether or not you stutter or you curse or you may not have the I don't know like quote unquote proper vocabulary it doesn't matter because you were specifically brought up in the way that you were so that you can reach a certain amount of people so you can reach the people that that nobody else will be able to touch They'll believe what you say because you didn't have it easy. And for those of you who did have it easy, you'll be able to talk to the other people who have had it easy and don't believe to, and, in God. And there's nothing that God cannot change away for his good. But you can't spread what you haven't caught. So you need to go and you need to really like be involved in the word of God and not just the parts of it that you like, but the parts of, of it that, well, all of it, but the parts of it that really speak to you. And if you get upset about a certain part, or you don't agree with a certain part. I mean, it's the Bible. It's not a democracy. I wish it was, but let's see. The democracy for us in America hasn't exactly worked out for the best. So there's that. <laughs> and that's why God is not a democracy, ladies and gentlemen. You have authority. In God, you know, but you have authority. Jesus went down into hell and grabbed the keys to life death and the grave and he kept it and he gave it to us so that we can go in the center of situations that we never thought we would go into because they're so uncomfortable and they're so filled with things that that god just doesn't like and and they they we look at them and we're like okay well um i'm not exactly sure if i should go on the street corner because it's dangerous i'm gonna stay in my little a little happy corner but our job is to go into the center of things that are not comfortable in the movie industry where where people are just going out and having sex with like 40 different i watched this movie and this girl literally said that when you reach 40 lovers 40 guys 40 lovers that that last person like after you've reached 40 you either marry one of them or you're never going to find happiness. And 
literally at the 40th person. She was like, ah, ha, ha, I'm so happy. That means I get to get married. Blah, 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 blah. Like, and if that's the kind of message that we're sending, I mean, jeez. You're going to sleep with 40 people before you decide to settle down with somebody? And I'm sorry if this offends anybody. I really am. But I'm not here to make friends. I'm here to tell you the truth. God has given you authority to go into the industry that you are already in and change the atmosphere from angry to anointing. If we are the body of Christ, we are the church. It's like the organs inside of of a human body. When one decides to fail, you can tell from the rest of the body. Skin color starts to change and, and your blood starts to bleed out of places you didn't think blood should be. And your skin becomes soft and, and weary and... And when one piece of the body doesn't work, it infects the rest of the body. But we are meant to transplant the body of the world because the world is a body on its own and the body of Christ is another body. Our job is to transplant the organs from the body of the world and add them to the body of Christ to make us stronger to build together we are people builders we are spirit feeders that is God told us to do so what would you say to somebody who's been hurt by the church and I know that I have I know that a lot of my family members have And the thing is that we really have to remember that it's just, it's about your relationship with God and not anybody else. Because so many times we want to think about the fact that church is an organization and that if one or two people or ten people in one church just made you feel a certain type of way that that's exactly how all christian people are and christian people should not be hard to find but honestly they are they are and it's because we're still human and we still hurt and we just sometimes decide that we're the ones that's speaking and not god and we don't allow god to speak through us because we we've been hurt and we don't want to deal with that and then we we hurt other people in the process and that's not exactly what we wanted to do in the first place but it did happen but God is gracious and forgiving and he doesn't hold it against us and he wants whoever has been hurt by the church to know that your mistakes they don't define you and your mistakes are just that mistakes they aren't they aren't who you are and I don't see that. So don't hold the, the body of Christ responsible for everything that a few people did. And don't hold God responsible because hurt people didn't let God speak through them. It's about an invitation. 
I've been that person to just like throw God down somebody's throat and it just it didn't go well at all <laughs> it didn't and I had to take take a step back and I was just like wow I have never been this person before and that was really ugly and I just threw somebody away from a chance to get to know who God really was because I did something I wasn't supposed to And I had to learn from that. And I did. And if you're going to be the minister, you have to step forward and be open to take the position. So are you open? What scares you about it? Is it the fact that people may not listen to you? Is it the rejection? Because if it's the rejection, they are not rejecting you. They are rejecting God. And that hurts. For those of us who, who really love God the way that he loves us. I cry thinking about how much I love God. <laughs> I cry because I watched a movie called I Still Believe. And something that she said just really resonated with me. She said the God of a trillion stars knows my name. I mean, how beautiful is that? And when the God of a trillion stars knows the name of the person you're trying to help, then there's nothing that he won't do for us. Even take the rejection that we so fearfully have. And so who's your inspiration? Because personally... <laughs> My inspiration is Jesus. I mean, that man took a lot. <laughs> Looking at the sky and seeing everything that God has made. The mountains, the beautiful stars. I mean, God, I love stars. The sunset and the sunrise and the clouds and the birds and... <sighs> all of it. That's just inspiring. It's inspiring to look out and see everything that God has made and just marvel at it and the fact that he's going to mold me into somebody that in the future I'm not even going to be able to recognize if I were to see them now and I'm excited I'm excited for him to use me to be a minister because that's exactly who I am I am a minister and I wake up every day and know that he's given me that gift is beautiful so I didn't actually pray in which I probably should have done um, but you know sometimes things happen <laughs> so I'm just gonna pray out really quick father God thank you thank you for being so gracious and for being so humble and so kind kind enough to give us gifts that we may be scared of, but that you are there to open up anytime. That you'll hold our hands and guide us through it. And we know that it isn't us that that does it by ourselves, but it's you. I love you, Lord. We love you. And we take up this mantle that you have given us. 
to speak your word into any life that you need for us to speak it in. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Have a great time, guys. All the love. Bye.